0: Welcome in to another episode of Dynasty Digest. I'm your host, Chris Allen. Okay, so a lot has happened since our last episode. There's some running backs who have found new homes, new injuries to talk about, and injuries we previously talked about that have some updates before we head into week three of games. The season is really in full swing, and the NFL news cycle never seems to stop. This week of matchups started off with a Thursday night match between the Giants and the 49ers. The Niners won 30-12, and we saw big games from Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey. Pretty disappointing games from everyone on the Giants without Saquon Barkley. This episode, we will start with some news and updates as always, before we head into a discussion of my starts and sits of the week. If you're lucky, I might even leave Kyle Pitts out of this episode. Well, other than just talking about him there, you know what I meant. Okay, before we get any more distracted, let's get into the news. We mentioned on our last podcast that the Browns were meeting with Kareem Hunt for a visit. Hunt spent the last four seasons with Cleveland before entering free agency this past offseason, where he didn't find a suitor. On Wednesday, it was announced that they had agreed with him on a one-year, $4 million contract. Hunt is a nice signing for the Browns, as they just lost Nick Chubb for the season, and Hunt is familiar with the system due to his history with the team. Head coach Kevin Stefanski has come out and said despite the signing, Jerome Ford will lead the backfield, but I still expect fantasy relevance from Hunt. I wouldn't suggest starting him off the hop, even though I do expect him to get snaps as early as this weekend, as it may take some time to get him into shape as he will have had little time to ramp up this week. He should be rostered though, and could end up being a valuable piece in the second half of the season for owners. The second RB we need to talk about is former Rams RB Cam Akers. That's right, I said former. In case you missed it, the Rams agreed on a trade to send him to the Minnesota Vikings, along with a conditional 7th round pick, receiving a conditional 6th rounder in return. Akers joins a backfield that has struggled so far this season with leader Alexander Madison, as we discussed on last podcast. I could see Akers easily moving into a timeshare with Madison, especially if he continues with the performance he has shown so far this season. I expect him to slot into the number 2 RB role ahead of Ty Chandler pretty quickly. He could see some playing time this weekend. But I wouldn't expect a lot as he is entering a new system and will still need some time to learn the ins and outs of the offense. For dynasty owners, Aker's rookie contract is up after this season, and the Vikings will have to make the decision on if they want to re-sign him or not. If that makes you nervous, I would take advantage of any owners interested in him finding a new home and send him away while you can although you may not get much in return value wise for him at this point. And one more piece of running back related news for you. We mentioned a few episodes ago that Evan Hall was being moved to the IR by the Indianapolis Colts. I just wanted to provide a quick update. The Colts have officially announced he suffered from a torn meniscus. The rookie running back is expected to miss the rest of the season as a result. As we said last podcast, Zach Moss is the clear leader in the Colts' backfield for now, gaining 98% of snaps in his first game back last weekend. Of course, we will have to see how long it is until Jonathan Taylor returns, as that number is sure to crater when he is active. Now we're going to do a quick injury roundup, as there are a lot of players to touch on. It was announced on Thursday that Panthers quarterback Bryce Young is not expected to play in week 3 with an ankle injury. The number one pick suffered the injury in Sunday's game against the Saints, and had it checked out afterwards by medical staff. Andy Dalton will start for the Panthers this weekend against the Seahawks. It was also reported on Friday that Bryce Young is expected to miss 1-2 games with the ankle injury. Colts quarterback Anthony Richardson is still in the league's concussion protocol as of Friday and he has officially been ruled out this week against the Ravens. He has not participated in practice all week as he works his way through the process. Gardner Minshew will serve as the Colts starting quarterback with Richardson missing the game this weekend. Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow did not practice on Thursday as he is still dealing with calf soreness since re-aggravating the injury last weekend. The Bengals don't play until Monday night against the Rams, so he still has Friday and Saturday's practices left to potentially get work in before this weekend's matchup. Burrow was non-committal when asked about his status for the game, and if he is unable to play, quarterback Jake Browning will start at QB for Cincinnati. Chargers running back Austin Eckler missed practice on Wednesday and Thursday this week. He is dealing with an ankle injury suffered in the season opener, and he did not play last weekend as a result. Owners should keep an eye out on his Friday practice report, and if he doesn't participate, I would suspect he will miss this weekend's matchup against the Vikings. Josh Kelly will be in line for the number 1 RB role for the Chargers if Eckler is out again. Packers running back Aaron Jones returned to practice in a limited fashion, his first practice appearance since pulling his hamstring in the season opener for Green Bay. He has a chance to get in a full practice on Friday, the Packers' last practice before this weekend's matchup against the Saints. There is a good chance he is a game-time decision for the game, and I would expect he sees himself on a snap count if he is able to go on Sunday. Lions running back David Montgomery has missed Wednesday and Thursday practices this week while trying to recover from a thigh bruise he suffered during last weekend's game. He was listed as day to day earlier in the week, but it appears he is not trending in the right direction in terms of being on the field on Sunday against the Falcons. As we mentioned last podcast, I would expect rookie running back Jameer Gibbs to be in for a large workload this weekend if Monty is unable to suit up. Ravens running back Justice Hill also missed both Wednesdays and Thursdays practices. He is suffering from a toe injury suffered last weekend against the Bengals. His availability for this weekend is uncertain, although the team has said the injury wouldn't result in a lengthy absence. Gus Bus should see a larger role in the backfield if Hill misses this weekend's matchup against the Colts. And Melvin Gordon or Kenyon Drake should be elevated from the practice squad to serve as a change of pace back. For reference, Melvin Gordon was elevated from the practice squad in week 2, but reverted back to the practice squad on Monday. Eagles running back Kenneth Gainwell was finally back on the practice field on Thursday in a limited role. He has been dealing with a rib injury he suffered in the season opener, and missed week 2 as a result. It sounds like he is trending towards playing for Philly in their Monday night matchup against the Bucks. De'Andre Swift had a massive game in his absence. So, it will be interesting to see how the snap percentages end up on Monday should Gainwell return. Swift definitely made a case to move into the number one running back role for the Eagles. Saints running back Jamal Williams has not practiced this week after suffering a hamstring injury in week two. Remember the quote I mentioned last podcast, where head coach Dennis Allen said it would, quote, take some time. For Williams to recover from this injury. It is sounding like he is leaning towards missing this weekend's matchup for the Saints. Which leads us to our final running back, Kendre Miller. The Saints rookie is recovering from a hamstring injury of his own, but he logged full practices on Wednesday and Thursday this week. It sounds like he will make his NFL debut in Green Bay on Sunday and he has a chance for a large workload with Jamal Williams leaning towards sitting and Alvin Kamara still suspended for one more game. It's hard to say how heavily the coaching staff will want to lean on Miller due to him just coming off an injury, and Tony Jones may also see some work in the backfield, although he was fairly inefficient last weekend. Moving to wide receiver, Jalen Waddle of the Dolphins is still not participating in practice, as he works his way through the concussion protocol. He also has not been at practice, even on the sidelines, the last two days, so I would say there is a good chance he will be ruled out for this weekend's matchup versus the Broncos. I'd keep an eye out on Miami's Friday practice report to see if there is any change in his status. Lions wide receiver Amon ra St. Brown returned to practice in a limited fashion on Thursday after missing Wednesday's practice with a toe injury. He may end up being a game-time decision this weekend, but the fact he was able to make it back on the field on Thursday is a step in the right direction to him suiting up against the Falcons this weekend. Josh Reynolds of the Lions has also been limited this week with a groin injury although he did participate in Wednesday and Thursday's practices. The Lions wide receiver room is a little banged up heading into this weekend's matchup, so I would keep an eye on their Friday practice report to get some more clarity. Of course, Reynolds should see some more work if Amin Ra was ruled out for Sunday's matchup. Raiders wide receiver Jacoby Myers missed week two after sustaining a concussion in the opening week. He was limited in practice on Wednesday, and listed as a full participant on Thursday. The Raiders haven't officially confirmed whether he is through the concussion protocol, but it appears he is trending in the right direction to return to the Raiders for Week 3 against the Steelers. Commander's tight end Logan Thomas suffered a concussion last week after a massive hit. He did not participate on Wednesday or Thursday this week so he is trending in the wrong direction as far as playing this weekend. John Bates and Cole Turner should see more snaps in his absence, but neither should be looked at as a starting candidate for fantasy purposes. Bill's tight end Dawson Knox is dealing with a back injury, and he missed practice on Wednesday and Thursday this week. I would keep an eye on Friday's practice report, but if he is a DNP again, I would lean towards him missing this weekend's matchup against the commanders. If he is out, rookie Dalton Kincaid should see extra work in the offense in Knox's absence, as Kincaid only played 60% of snaps in week 2. And one last note, of course the Thursday night matchup between the Niners and Giants is already over, but I will mention that Giants running back Saquon Barkley and Niners wide receiver Brandon Ayuk both missed the game with their respective injuries. Barkley suffered an ankle injury last week, and Ayuk is dealing with a shoulder injury from last weekend as well. Okay, that's all the news for today. As always, you can keep up with injury updates and follow us on x at Dynasty Digest PC. Now, let's get into the starts and sits of the week. Starting with quarterbacks, our first start of the week is Kirk Cousins. I know, Cousins seems like an easy out for me, right? Currently the quarterback won overall on the season after 2 weeks, he's had a QB9 and a QB2 finish this season. But hear me out on this one, Cousins has been solid this season as he usually is in fantasy despite all of the hate he gets. This weekend, he faces a Chargers squad that ranks 31st in the league in terms of points allowed to the quarterback position. And I have a feeling he's going to have another strong performance this weekend. Our second start is Dak Prescott. Prescott feels like a bit of a riskier start of the week for me this weekend, but we're gonna go with it anyways. Prescott hasn't had a pretty start to the season with QB 29 and QB 17 finishes this year. He has faced two tougher defensive matchups, and he gets a bit of a break from that this week. He goes up against an Arizona Cardinals defense that ranks 30th in the league for points allowed to QBs, with 25.5 points per game allowed through two games. After this week, he faces two tough matchups once again in the Patriots and the Niners. So, owners of him will hope he has his first breakout game of the season. Our first quarterback sit is Justin Fields. Fields has struggled throughout the first two weeks of the season, finishing as quarterback 15 and quarterback 20. That's fine if you're in two quarterback and super flex leagues, but quite unimpressive for those owners with the standard 1 QB spot. He heads into week 3 against the Kansas City Chiefs who are a tough matchup so far this season. They allowed 14 points to Jared Goff in Week 1 and 7.24 points to Trevor Lawrence last week, putting them 7th in the league in points allowed to quarterbacks. The Bears have also had their fair share of off-season issues this past week, so there may be additional distractions heading into the game. I would fade him in this matchup. Jordan Love is our second QB sit of the week. This is another tough one, as he hasn't been terrible on the season, ranking as QB 2 overall through two weeks. But he is also carrying an insane touchdown rate through those first two games of 11.5%. For context, in 2022, Mahomes clocked in at 6.3%, and Josh Allen at 6.2%. The Packers faced the New Orleans Saints this weekend, who have had it fairly light with QB matchups this year so far, playing Ryan Tannehill and rookie Bryce Young. Still, they are allowing 8.5 points per game on average through two games, and I would expect love to see some regression this week. Moving on to running backs, our first start is Travis Etienne. Etienne struggled last week as the Jags' offense did as a whole against the Chiefs. He hasn't given up a ton of snaps to rookie tank Bigsby, with 80% of snaps in Week 1 and 72% in Week 2. He finished as RB40 last week, but gets a make-right matchup against a Texans D that has allowed 20.5 points per game to running backs, ranking 27th in the league. Overall against the rush, the Texans have allowed a league-high 6 rushing touchdowns and 118 rushing yards per game. ETN topped 100 rushing yards in both games against the Texans last year. Our second start of the week is Najee Harris. Okay, I might regret this one, but we're gonna go for it anyways. Najee has struggled so far this season ranking as running back 47 overall with 9.1 total points through 2 games in half PPR formats. He has struggled with snaps as well, seeing 52% in week 1 and 57% in week 2. However, the Steelers play the Raiders this weekend, and that is a juicy matchup for the running back. They have allowed 271 rushing yards to running backs through two games. Maybe I'm giving Najee one week too long for redemption, but I think there's a good chance he finally sees a solid game this weekend. My first RB sit is Rashad White. White went off last week, finishing as the RB9. While I think there are more good weeks ahead for him this season, he enters a string of tough matchups, starting this week against the Eagles' defense. They held Patriots starter Ramondre Stevenson to just 25 rushing yards in Week 1, and Viking starter Alexander Madison to 28 rushing yards in Week 2. White isn't an elite-level rusher, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Philly shut him down too. AJ Dillon is our second sit this week. As we discussed earlier, there is a chance Aaron Jones returns to play in this matchup. Now, normally I wouldn't have a potential backup running back in this segment. But let's be honest, AJ Dillon isn't your typical backup RB. And he has been startable at points when Jones is active. On top of that, there is a chance that Jones sees a snap count if he returns this weekend. Now that I've finished defending myself, the matchup against the Saints isn't great for running backs either. And no, I promise, I don't have a wide receiver or tight end from the Packers. I know I just went over Jordan Love not too long ago. Getting back to the Saints, they've allowed 74.5 rushing yards per game to the RB position, and have yet to allow running backs a touchdown, whether receiving or rushing. I see another down week coming from Dylan. Staying in the NFC North, our first wide receiver start of the week is Jordan Addison, who actually ranks as the wide receiver 13 on the season in half PPR formats, despite having a wide receiver 17 and wide receiver 24 finish. Like we said in the Kirk Cousins section, the Chargers have been bad against the passing game this year. Of course, Justin Jefferson will get what's his, as he always does, but I expect Addison to see a solid week as well. The Chargers have allowed 565 receiving yards to wide receivers over two weeks, so there is plenty of room for both of these guys to eat this weekend. Our second start is Gabe Davis Davis is always a risky start for me. He was very boomer bust last season, but hear me out. Josh Allen and the Bills need a second weapon at the wide receiver position behind Stephon Diggs. And Davis showed himself to be that receiver last weekend, finishing with six receptions for 92 yards and a touchdown on seven targets. He faces the Commanders in Week 3 who have allowed 177 yards and 1.5 touchdowns to the wide receiver position per game this season. I expect the Bills to destroy the Manders this weekend, and Davis is a great candidate for another boom week. Looking at wide receiver sits, our first candidate is Garrett Wilson. This was a tough one for me. I have Wilson in two leagues and chances are I'm going to start him in both of them. But do I like it? Not necessarily. Wilson saw 8 targets last weekend, but only turned that into 2 receptions. Of course, a lot of that has to do with the downgrade in quarterback, with the loss of Aaron Rodgers and Zach Wilson stepping into the starting role. But they faced the Patriots this weekend who have only allowed two touchdowns to wide receivers and are middle of the pack in points per game to the position this season. I might regret this one, but I think Wilson will have a down game in week 3. Our second sit at wide receiver is Cortland Sutton. Sutton was startable in week 1 as a wide receiver 26, but struggled last week, finishing as wide receiver 47. Second-year wide receiver Brandon Johnson went 2-for-66 with two touchdowns. And rookie Marvin Mims went 2-for-113 with a score, stealing the show for Broncos wide receivers last week. Jerry Judy is only getting healthier as the weeks roll on. They face the Dolphins, who despite the loss of Jalen Ramsey, rank second in the league in points per game allowed to wide receivers. While they've allowed 136 receiving yards a game to the position, they have yet to allow a receiving touchdown to a wide receiver. Sutton will most likely struggle this weekend again. And I'd be surprised if he ends up in the top 50 wide receivers. And finally, we'll look at tight ends. Our first start is Sam Laporta. Yes, we're going with the rookie again in our starts of the week. I mean, last week didn't work out so badly, right? He ended up as the tight end eight. And while maybe he wasn't the start of the week, I'll still take it. He has another great matchup this week, facing a Falcons D that gave Hayden Hurst a tight end two finish in week one. And Laporta could see a larger role in the offense this week, with Amon Ra and Josh Reynolds both banged up. What are they gonna do? Throw the ball to Marvin Jones Jr. 20 times? Probably not. Start Laporta again this week. For our second tight end start of the week, Kyle Pitts. You thought I was serious when I said I might leave Kyle Pitts talk out of this episode, didn't you? Well, guess again, suckers. What's the old saying? Third time's the charm? Okay, I promise I will keep Pitts out of the starts and sits next week. I think. Here's the deal. If he goes off, then I probably won't. But if he stinks it up again, he'll definitely end up in my duds, and then maybe I'll have learnt my lesson. Just maybe. Okay, let's focus here. Pitts and the Falcons play the Lions this week. Yes, that means my two tight end starts are in the same game for those of you keeping track. But let's face it, the Lions have been horrible against tight ends so far this season. In week 1, they allowed 43 receiving yards and a touchdown to the Travis Kelceless Chiefs. Last week, Noah Fant, Colby Parkinson and Will Disley combined for 9 receptions and 132 yards against Detroit. They rank 29th against tight ends in points per game this season, so all sarcasm aside, it truly is a good matchup for Pitts to see some points this weekend. And for the love of God, Desmond Ritter has to target him at some point. Please let it be this week, for the sake of my dignity. Our first sit at the tight end position is a guy I really haven't said a word about since all the way back in the AFC South breakdown episode, Chig Okonkwo. That's probably because he's been as quiet in fantasy as I have been about him in the last few weeks on the podcast, with a goose egg in week 1 and a tight end 25 finish in week 2. His schedule as a tight end does get easier, but after this week, The Browns have locked down the position so far this season, ranking first in the league in points per game allowed, and they've only given up four receptions for 19 yards through two weeks. Sit Chig this week. To wrap up our tight end sits, I give you Cole Komet. He finished as the tight end 8 in week 1, and followed that up with a tight end 24 finish in week 2. He's seen a decent amount of targets with 13 on the season, but I don't think this is a game for him to surpass 7 points, as he has yet to do that in half PPR formats. The matchup against the Chiefs is a tough one for quarterback Justin Fields, and although Kansas City ranks middle of the pack in points per game allowed to tight ends, I just don't see Komet having a stellar week. I may regret this one, but I probably won't. Leave him on the bench this week if possible. Okay, that's all we've got for today. Apologies to any anti Kyle Pitts listeners. And it's been a fun ride, as I realize I've probably just lost you from the podcast for good. Or stay a while and consider this a comedy fantasy podcast where you can get fantasy insight and laugh at me for being horribly wrong about Kyle Pitts. Sounds fun, right? Next episode, we'll feature our Week 3 review and pick our studs and duds from the slate of games. As for Pitts, it's his choice which side of the list he ends up on. Thanks for joining us today on Dynasty Digest, your ultimate destination for all things Dynasty football. Don't forget to tune in next episode as we review week three of the NFL season. If you're as passionate about Dynasty football as we are, hit that subscribe button. We'd also be grateful if you could take a moment to give us a rating and review on your podcast app of choice. Your feedback helps us grow and reach more Dynasty enthusiasts like yourself. A special thanks to the talented creators of the music featured on our podcast, Penguin Music and Twisterium. To stay up to date with us beyond the podcast, follow us on x at Dynasty Digest PC. We'd love to hear from you. Whether you have trade value questions, Dynasty dilemmas or feedback for the pod, Our mentions and DMs are always open. Thank you for being a part of our community. Keep chasing those Dynasty championships. And remember, Dynasty football is not just a game. It's a lifestyle. So keep building those winning rosters, stay up to date with player news, and let the passion for this exciting game fuel your journey. Peace out.